You're listening to Teach Me the Bible podcast, where we unpack the meaning of books, passages, and themes from Scripture. Join us each week as Dr. David Klingler walks us through God's Word and teaches the Bible. Each episode has a study guide available in the show notes. This is Teach Me the Bible podcast. Welcome, everybody, to Teach Me the Bible podcast. This is our second episode of our Christmas series, Prophecy, uh, The Messiah is Coming. My name is Phil Porter. Along with me is David Klingler and uh, Dr. David Klingler. Mm -hmm. And um, we have just finished on Monday the first episode, and now we're going to jump in to the second episode in this series for Christmas and so we we kind of in review we we went back to Genesis chapter three. Uh, you introduced that of that's kind of the first mention, um, and now we're going to build upon that. And uh, if you want, if you're listening currently right now and you're still a little confused, remember there are study notes and study guides available for you to continually refresh your memory. Uh, this is what I keep saying. I we. Just before we got on air, I said, slow bites, Phil. Slow, eat slow <laughs> on this. Uh, because if you go too quick, you're probably going to miss something. And uh, so you can always go back, download in the app, via or go uh, via the website, download any of those study guides to help you come along. But today we're going to start in the second episode, and we're going to start with, uh, or we're going to be in Genesis chapter 15. Yeah, we're going to start it. Actually, Mike, I mentioned chapter 14 and chapter 15. But yeah, uh, so... Uh, don't be dis discouraged. It's like watching a movie. Uh, if you watch the same movie like a hundred times, it's amazing. The hundredth time you watch a movie, you're like, why didn't I see that before? Mm -hmm. That was there the whole time. That's really cool. And so, yep. so that's the Bible. Uh, you, you, this story is so amazing mm -hmm. uh, that it just ties together so uh, so tightly. So remember from last time, back in chapter chapter 12, the Lord has said to, to Abram, I'll make you a great nation and I will bless you. Of course, you ask, well, when did the Lord bless uh, bless Abram? Well, that's chapter fourteen, and and there's this really cool passage, and uh, where in chapter fourteen, this this one who's going to show up on the scene, and his name is Melchizedek, and we're going to um, we're actually going to talk about him in the last podcast that we're going to do. This will be on the twenty second, um, uh, when we're talking about uh, uh, about um, um, Psalm one ten mm. in Psalm one ten. Um, uh, this great high priest, according to the order of Melchizedek, and you go, Melchizedek, who's that? Genesis chapter fourteen, right? That uh, that the story is looking for this one, uh, and, and this king walks onto the scene, and he's going to bless uh, bless Abram uh, in uh, chapter fourteen, verse eighteen. We say, and Melchizedek, king of Salem. Uh, well, Melchizedek's name, Melchizedek, Zedek is righteousness. Melchi is king of. He's the king of righteousness. That's what his name means. His name is king of righteousness, yeah. and he is king of Salem. Salem, Salem. Well, uh, you may not know the town of Salem, uh, but I bet you know uh, the name that uh, Jerusalem, uh, to contend with or contend for Salem. And so Jerusalem, so this is the king of righteousness. Wow. The king of... Salem, who's the Jerusalem, it's going to be the town of Jerusalem. He brought out bread and wine, and we celebrate uh, the uh, the Lord's Supper with bread and wine. Now he was a priest of God Most High. And so this is a king priest 
whose name is King of Righteousness, who's the King of Jerusalem. I mean, that that's just cool. He's like, he's the Tom Cruise of Top Gun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's just that guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and he comes in and, and he blesses Abram. And, and uh, uh, he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of God Most High, possessor of the heaven and earth. And blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And and uh, and so this uh, this story uh, it just intensifies, and you're watching this one, uh, Abram, and you're anticipating the seed that's going to come from him. Uh, and, uh, and then in chapter 15, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, "Do not fear, Abram. I am your shield. Your reward will be very great." And Abram said, "Oh Lord, what will you give me since I'm childless?" You know, uh, he knows what he's looking for. He's he's waiting for the kid, and, and he hasn't had one. And and mm-hmm. uh, Sarai at this point, uh, whose name is going to be changed to Sarah, uh, you know, she she can't have children. She she's she's barren and. And um, mm. and so uh, you know the the Lord tells him, uh, look, uh, you know, trust me, there will be one that will come from your own body, and he shall be your heir, and and uh, and you will possess this land. Remember back in chapter twelve, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. And so so Abram asked this uh, this question, uh, O Lord, verse eight, chapter fifteen, verse eight. How may I know that I will possess it? How will I know that? That you're going to give me this land, and how will I know that this promised one's going to come? And and so the Lord explains to him, and then that, the rest of this passage is the explanation uh, that Israel's going to need to hear uh, for the Exodus. Right? How will we know? Here's how you're going to know. Um, and he causes a deep sleep to follow him, uh, fall over Abram, and this pillar of smoke and this pillar of clouds. Uh, or, or fire, pillar of fire, pillar of smoke comes comes through, and and the next time we see that in the story, it's the Exodus, right? And so the Lord tells tells Abram, four hundred years, your descendants are going to be here four hundred years, uh, and uh, and so it's going to take a while, and so Abram's going to die, uh, but uh, four hundred years by the end of the book of Genesis, uh, four hundred years has passed, the the curtain comes back up, it's Exodus, Moses is born. And it's time for the Exodus, right? And and so that's where this where this story is headed. Uh, and so uh, and so this whole book of Genesis is setting out where this story is headed. And and of course in, in Exodus, uh, Exodus chapter uh, chapter one, Exodus chapter two. Now the Lord is He's taken this people. He He's taken Abram. He said, "I will make you a great nation. And I will bless you." And of course, you to be a nation, you you can't just be one. Person <laughs> at oh, the yeah, end of the absolutely. book of Genesis, uh, there's seventy people in all. We learned that there's seventy people, and it's a decent sized family, but it's not a nation. Right? Yeah, that's far <laughs> from one. Yeah. yeah, and so, but in in Exodus chapter one, uh, it says that Israel was fruitful and multiplied, and and uh, became a multitude, and the land was filled with them, and uh, and. Um, um, and you know this is in chapter one verse seven. The sons of Israel were fruitful, increased greatly, and multiplied, and became exceedingly mighty, so that the land was filled with them. And uh, and so now they've got enough people. And Moses is is raised up to be this deliverer, and he's he's a type of Christ. In fact, the first uh, we talk about a type of Christ, someone who is over Abram, over the sons of Israel, over the nation. Uh, well, the first is Melchizedek. He's the first type of Christ that walks into the story. He he's over Abram and he blesses Abram. The next is Joseph, and we could we could walk through that whole Joseph story and talk about oh, how yeah. Joseph being a type of Christ. He's going to uh, to rule over his brothers. He's going to uh, mashal uh, to to 
to, to, to be the promised one, you know, to represent the promised one over his brothers. And, and now it's Moses. And, and so uh, Moses is this. Uh, now, we learn immediately that Moses is from the tribe of Levi. And so we know Moses isn't the promised one because he's from the wrong tribe. But he is a type of Christ and that he's the one that's going to lead them out of the nation and hmm. uh, out of Egypt and, and lead them uh, to the promised land. And, and that's, of course, what happens. And so they, they take off and they, they leave uh, the, the, the uh, you know, the Exodus, you know, it's the, the whole uh, Ten Commandments, Yule Brenner movie, right? Yeah. That's a bit dated, but... <laughs> yeah. But uh, um, but nonetheless, they they're taken out. They go uh, to the edge of the promised land. Uh, they're given the law along the way. This is the book of Leviticus, book of Numbers. They go to the edge of the promised land. They send out the spies. Uh, they reject the Lord, and so the Lord takes them out in the wilderness, and he and he destroys the whole first generation. And and we pick up the story in uh, in Deuteronomy, really chapter chapter twenty nine. Uh, and Moses, uh, several things have happened. The, the Lord. Uh, has uh, has um, uh, has wiped out the first generation. Moses has rebelled against the Lord, and so now he's not going to enter into the land. You know, he struck the rock, the rock twice. This is the rock of uh, in Exodus chapter seventeen. He struck the rock twice, and and so uh, you know the rock. This whole rock imagery that we're going to talk about here in just a minute. Uh, it's this imagery that uh, that is Christ, and and so he struck the rock twice, and so then in chapter thirty two. We get the Song of Moses. And, and this, you know, I think of all of the passages in the Old Testament. If I had to pick a handful that are most important, I think Deuteronomy 32 would be right at the top, uh, top two or three at least. The reason why is because Moses tells Israel what's going to happen throughout the rest of history. And so every prophet that comes after Moses his words have to match the words of Moses. And here's the, Moses, here's the story that Moses tells. He says, I know how you are. Uh, you're a perverse and crooked generation, sons in whom there is no faithfulness. And, and you're going to rebel against the Lord, uh, and, uh, and you're going to go after the gods of the nations. And, of course, this is exactly what happens. They, they go serve the gods of the nations. And, <clears throat> and so it says uh, this, picking it up in verse 15. But uh, a Jeshurun, Jeshurun means the righteous ones, Israel. The righteous ones grew fat and kicked. They, they forsook uh, the God who made him and scorned the rock of his salvation. And, and that rock of his salvation, um, back all the way back in, uh, really, uh, we're going back all the way to Deuteronomy, I'm sorry, to Genesis chapter 28 with, uh, with Jacob's ladder this dream that Jacob has. Uh, he has this dream of the coming Messiah that's going to come through him and the land that he's going to possess. And so he wakes up from the dream and it says that he uh, poured oil on the top of the rocks or something like that. He anointed the head of the rock. He anointed the head wow. of the rock. And that's just, that's just, wow. you know. And, and so from here on, you start to watch this rock imagery. Uh, that's running throughout the scriptures, and and it's the the rock that uh, is struck, and it brings forth living water. It's a it's a, it is the hope of Israel. It's the hope of the story. Is this uh, this rock? And so so the symbolism of the story of the rock is important. In fact, uh, we talked about uh, Deuteronomy. Or, sorry, Genesis chapter forty nine uh, at the end of our last time together, but let me refer to one more verse there in chapter 49 that you should be looking for by the end of this story. This is in uh, Genesis chapter 49, uh, verse uh, verse 24, uh, talking about Joseph. Joseph is a fruitful son, and 
fruitful daughter, and and uh, and it says that you know the, the archers are bitterly attacking Joseph. The, you know the enmity between the sea, the woman, and the sea, the serpent. Joseph is, Joseph is being attacked, uh, but his bow remained firm, and his arms were agile. From the hands of the mighty one of Jacob, there is a shepherd, the stone of Israel. The, every every tribe is looking for this one, the shepherd the stone of Israel, the rock of Israel. And, and so the imagery has been built, being built, the symbolism is being built. And this is this symbolism that's going to flow all the way through the Bible. Uh, the, uh, you know, the stumbling stone, the, the cornerstone, the cornerstone the, the, yeah. uh, you, know, you know, built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus being the chief cornerstone. All of this language and imagery of the stone, build your house upon the rock. The rock mm. stone imagery is is being established all the way back here. And, and so when we get to passages like, you know, First Corinthians chapter 10, when, when Moses is talking about Christ as the rock, he's not just coming up with this. This has been been the whole story. Christ was the rock in the wilderness that was struck and the water comes out. He's the, he is the, the literally the, the hope of Israel. Uh, he is the, the rock of the Lord's salvation. The Christ is the rock of the Lord's salvation. And, and of course, Israel's going to reject the Lord. Uh, and they're going to reject, not only reject the Lord, but reject the rock of his salvation. And hello, <laughs> you're going to get this in uh, uh, in a couple weeks uh, or a couple weeks uh, next week uh, in the the fourth podcast. You're gonna we're going to talk about Isaiah chapter eight, and we're going to talk about Psalm one eighteen and uh, the chief cornerstone being rejected, Christ being the this stone, this stumbling stone, this rock of offense, and and, and so Moses is already telling them. In this song, he's, he's laying it out. He's already laying out the story of the wow. Gospels, right? Wow. Uh, and, and so, uh, actually, Paul's going to quote some of this in the in the book of Romans. And so, right. so, they're go- so it says, let's pick it up in verse 16. They made him, the, the Israel made the Lord jealous with a strength, with strange gods, with abominations. They provoked him to anger, and they sacrificed to demons who are not God, to gods whom they have not known. They're going to go serve the gods of the nations. Verse 18, they neglected the rock who begot you and forgot the God who gave you birth. And so the Lord saw this and he spurned them because of the provocation of his sons and daughters. Then he said, I will hide my face from them. I will see what their end shall be, for they are a perverse generation, sons in whom there is no faithfulness. They made me jealous with that which is not a God. They provoked me to anger with their idols, and so I will make them jealous in no people. And uh, if you're reading in a cross-reference Bible, there you've got Romans ten nineteen. This is this is Paul. This Paul's going to quote this that that through Israel's rejection, the gospel has going going to the Gentiles. John says it this way: He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But whoever receives him, right? This is the song of Moses. The gospels are the story of Moses. It's the story of the rejection of Christ. How can anyone read this story and not believe that this is supernatural? That Christ is is the one. Of course, this is what John's writing. John is writing that Jesus is the Christ, the Psalm 2 Christ, the promised one of Moses. Uh, you know, don't think that that I will convict you before the Father. The one who convicts you is Moses in whom you put your trust. For if you believe Moses, you would believe me. For Moses wrote of me. Why aren't you getting this? Why aren't you understanding this? This is the promised one of all creation. This is the one that's going to be born. Uh, and this is the one that's going to Walk the streets, uh, and they're going to put him to death. And and so, uh, it said they made me jealous with that which is not a god. They provoked me to anger with their idols. So I will make them jealous with those who are not a people. 
I will provoke them to anger with a foolish nation. And in this story goes on to talk about how uh, because of their rejection, uh, uh, the Lord's going to heap misfortunes upon them. Uh, he's going to uh, bring the, the judgments of Deuteronomy chapter 28 upon them. And, uh, and, uh, and then he's going to wait. He's going to say, he's, you know, he's going to see uh, what's going to happen to them. Is it not laid up in store with me, sealed up in my treasures? Vengeance is mine in retribution. In due time, their foot will slip. For the day of their calamity is near. The impending things are hastening upon them. For the Lord will vindicate his people and he will have compassion upon his servants. And we're going to talk about uh, the in uh, in, uh, uh, in the Isaiah in the fourth podcast. We're going to talk about in, in Isaiah how the servant Christ lays down his life for the servant Israel to rescue the servant Israel so they'll serve him to take the gospel to the Gentiles. It's just an amazing story, right? So powerful. He will have compassion on them. Uh, Isaiah chapter 40, comfort, comfort my people Israel, says the Lord. This is the book of Hosea. Hosea, uh, the, the Lord tells Hosea the prophet, go and marry an adulterous woman and have children with her. Go marry the harlot and have children with her because Israel's played the harlot and and uh, have have a son and name him Lo-Ami, not my people, and, and have a daughter and name her Lo-Rachamah, no compassion, for I will have no compassion upon them for I am not their God and they are not my people. You're watching this story play out. Uh, but then when he sees their strength is gone, and this is what uh, Moses is talking about, he will vindicate his people. He will have compassion upon his servants. When he sees their strength is gone and there's no one remaining bond or free, then he will say, verse 37, where are their gods, the rock in whom they sought refuge, who ate the fat of their sacrifices and drank the wine of their libation? Let them rise up and help you. Verse uh, 39, see now that I am he and there is no God besides me. It is I who put to death and I who give life, I who have wounded and I who heal. There is no one who can deliver you from my hand. Um, next time, uh, we're going to talk about First Samuel chapter 2 and Hannah's prayer. She's going to quote this. She's going to quote the rock. She's going to quote wow. uh, the the one who wounds and the one who heals. And there's no one who can deliver you from the hands of the Lord. And and I'll say this for Hannah. She knows her Bible. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. She knows her Bible. Verse 40, as I lift up my hand to heaven and as I say, as I live forever, if I sharpen my flashing sword and my hand lays hold on justice, on justice, I will render vengeance on my adversaries and I will repay those who hate me. And I will make my arrows drunk with blood. My sword shall devour flesh. This is the, uh, you know, this is the coming of the Christ. And so, so Israel is going to reject the Lord. They're going to go after foreign gods. Because they go after foreign gods, the Lord is going to take the peoples of the nations and bring them to himself. Then when he sees Israel's strength is going, he's going to rush in and he's going to save them and he's going to judge his adversaries. And then, verse 43, the nations will rejoice with his people. We're at the end of the story. This is Revelation 19. This is just powerful stuff. And so this is the whole Bible in one chapter, right? The whole story of, uh, of God's plan in one chapter. Every prophet that comes after Moses, his words have to match the words of Moses. If you're not singing the same song, we call this the song of Moses. If you're not singing the same song as a prophet, you're out. <laughs> this is and, powerful and, and if stuff, we're man. not singing the same song, we're out. And we, we're further down. Now, we are in this time where we have seen, is, uh, we, we've read about Israel's rejection of the Lord. Uh, and we're in the nations. And, and so because Israel has rejected the Lord, the gospel has gone out to the nations. And, and so a passage like this uh, will make a whole lot more sense to this. This is in Romans chapter 11, 
For I do not want you to be uninformed of this mystery, brethren, lest you be wise in your own estimation. This is Paul talking to the Gentiles. A partial hardening has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in, and thus all Israel shall be saved. So from the standpoint of the gospel, they are enemies, they, Israel, are enemies for your sake. But from the standpoint of God's choice, they are beloved for the sake of the fathers, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Mm. Moses. For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. For just as you Gentiles were once disobedient to God, but now y'all have been shown mercy because of their disobedience. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But that makes them a crooked and perverse generation, sons in whom there is no faithfulness. Deuteronomy chapter 32, quoted throughout the New Testament, referring to Israel's rejection. So now these also have been disobedient in order that because of the mercy shown to you, they might be shown mercy. For God has shut up all Jews and Gentiles in disobedience that he might show mercy to all. Wow. Oh, the depth of the riches of both the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments, unfathomable are his ways. That's just good. <laughs> well, absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm just... My eyes are hurting, my eyebrows, you know, just keep going up. But um, to think that Moses in this song has just laid out all of what's about to happen. Mm -hmm. And then when you go further along in the story to know that the people that are teaching or Pharisees, they're saying it has to align with what this has said. I'm just going... How much time has passed from this to this, and it's still? Absolutely. The revealed word of the Lord. Moses, we date Moses to, you know, the the Exodus 1446. Oh, my gosh. Uh, So 1,500 years. Um, And uh, next, uh, you know, uh, two times from now, next next week's podcast, we're going to be talking about Isaiah. And in Isaiah, in Isaiah chapter seven, now we're around seven hundred uh, uh, BC. So, so now we've cut the time, and ha- but we're still seven hundred years from Christ. And Isaiah is going to give specifics wow. uh, on the the virgin birth that's going to happen in Matthew chapter one, verses twenty three. So, so miraculous doesn't begin. Uh, to account for what's in these uh, these scriptures, and so uh, our students, you know, they'll they'll say uh, they'll come in and they'll say uh, the Bible is inerrant and inspired, and I ask why, and they say because the Bible says it is. I say that's not why. The Bible is inerrant and inspired, uh, and if you see it, if you read it, you'll see it. It's it's not just a claim that we hold. Is we don't hold that the Bible's inspired because we claim it to be. We declare it to be. Who can read this? And not be stunned. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what God? Uh, can, what other God is there that can predict, can call into being what's going to be and bring it to pass? No God does that. Not like the God of the Bible. And lay it out so perfectly to the coming Messiah. To the day. To the day. Incredible. It's just. It's yeah. It's it's unreal. I mean, the first podcast we. Talked about a bunch of names going through, but now, you know, you get to a name that's pretty popular. Moses, I would say, is probably a pretty popular but biblical name. Right. But having me even personally, no clue about this song and hearing it mm-hmm. described in the way that you described it is very powerful. Mm-hmm. I mean, very, very powerful. 
that then it's, and what's, it, this is what blows me away is that this is number two. I, there's still more that's building on top of this. Oh, it gets better. And it I, just keeps getting better. I am just like, I, if, if you're like me and you're listening to this and you're going, wow, um, I just never knew this. Mm. It just begins, you know, you just have that, that, I don't, I don't know what it is. It's inside of you that it just goes, it's, it's utter amazement. It's almost too much for words that they go like, what? <laughs> right. How does this make sense? And how does God so clearly articulate the whole story to be one confined thing? And I, I, again, we're just in Deuteronomy here. Yep. But the way you're explaining, even Paul in Romans 11, that was powerful. Absolutely. It's the story. It's the unified story. And so literally when Jesus says in John chapter 5, or when Jesus says in Luke 24, all of the law of Moses and all of the prophets and all of the Psalms speaks of me, what he means is all of the law of Moses and all of the prophets (laughs) and all of the Psalms speaks of him. Yeah, Uh, And it's not just in in kind of mystical, nonspecific, I mean, intentionally specific, detailed ways, uh, we learn about the coming of the Christ. And, and, and as we said before, uh, you know, in, in uh, Daniel chapter 9, uh, the days are spelled out from the decree in 444 until Christ walks onto the scene. And we're going to talk about Psalm 118. That'll be in our last podcast. To the day. Wow. Incredible. And they're going to reject him. He came to his own and his own did not receive him. They're going to reject the rock. Yeah, that imagery you talked about Absolutely. all the way through. All the way And through. Hannah's going to continue it. Absolutely. Next or time. she's going to mention it in her prayer, yep. which will be next time. Next time. Uh, before we leave, do you have any last comments that you would like to share? What other God is there that can do this? Uh, and uh, and our, our hope is that uh, people, their faith, I think that the word faith kind of, I, well, I hope it's so. I, I don't. No, no, no. The, the 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 more I read the scriptures, the less faith is required. It becomes conviction. Mm. There's no question uh, that this is absolutely true. Absolutely, man. Yeah, I've loved this journey so far. This is just number two. So if you haven't listened to number one and you just caught number two. Hey, go back, listen to it, because there are four more, and we're about ready to continue building upon this thing. Thank you, David. Appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you back for episode three in Prophecy, the Coming Messiah. Thanks for listening to Teach Me the Bible podcast. Our desire is to use the power of God's Word to change lives. For more information, download our app. Join us next week for another episode of Teach Me the Bible.